All right, guys, welcome. It is the number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. Happy to see you guys. What's up, Kendall Jordan? Happy to see you, bro. Uh, just waiting for everybody to roll in on the chat. Today, uh, I wanted to talk about it's not what you know, but it's who you know. So I want you to start thinking about who do you know, right? What's up, MTMG? L. Perfect Perkins. So we are on two different Facebooks. Uh, both Facebooks have 40,000 people. YouTube, I think, has 10. I better check that number. Instagram's got 22. Twitter, 6,000. Twitch, I have no idea. Like five. <laughs> I barely do anything on Twitch. Uh, is anybody on Twitch? I don't I mean, I don't even know if that's worth bothering. I should bother being on. Uh, what's up, Mikev? Mikev AV. So, uh, listen, man. It's really about who you know. Hey, what's up, Kendall? Okay, so you can you should know. It is about what you know and who you know. Right? What's up, Stellar Steven? Dropping in an Ichiban. Yeah, dude, number one. Right? Um, what's up, Marco? Happy to see you. Scientific Wrestling Canada in the house. Bulldog Strength UK. Everybody popping in for a second. So... You know, it's, it's, there's this adage that it's not what you know, it's who you know, but it is what you know, and it is who you know. They're both. It's like one of those things say, oh, don't work hard, work smart. No, no, no. Work hard and work smart. Then you be both of those guys. And same thing. The guy who's more worried about what he knows, you're going to get beat by the guy who's more concerned about who he knows, but you're going to be both those guys if you know what you're talking about, and you know the right people. It's just how it is, man. This is the funny thing. You know, I'm I'm a guy that likes to take on hard causes. <laughs> That's why, yeah, what's up, Marco? Happy Thanksgiving to you, dude. I know, uh, what was that, yesterday for you guys? Canadian Thanksgiving? Um, happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, yeah, I'm one of those guys that likes to take on hard cases, of course, uh, I had to take on the case uh, to prove to the world that Catch as Catch Can is, in fact, the greatest martial art combat sport the world has ever known, and it continues to be. It's a hard case in today's world. I'm right, so I'll win, but like, it's still a hard case. Uh, it's definitely the minority position. Uh, you know, I'm, I got involved in politics as a libertarian, third party, no chance of winning. Um, so, uh, I like to take on these difficult cases, right? And, you know, one of the things that I wish I would have learned earlier, but I did learn it in time. When it does come down to what you know and who you know, I do think that maybe you should prioritize who you know above. And I'm going to explain why. I can use scientific wrestling as an example. I can use number one coaching as an example uh, now before we get into that, of course, you guys hit me up in the chat. You got questions, you got comments, uh, whatever, man, just say something, man. I, that's the way that I communicate with you people. I do want to do a recap because on Friday talking about who, you know, I was very fortunate. You guys get for you on Instagram. And I think I posted on Facebook, YouTube, Maybe I need to post it up in shorts. I'll, I'll post it up on YouTube short. Uh, but I, on Friday, I was able to have lunch 
with none other than the king of pro wrestling. Do, do you guys even know who the king of pro wrestling is? <laughs> uh, let me put it this way. He's the king of pro wrestling. He's a former king of pancreas. Beat Ken Shamrock for it. And a founder of, uh, of Pancras. Also a wrestler with uh, the pro wrestling Fujiwara Gumi. You know who I'm talking about? Ah, Stellar Steven says, I was about to ask you, how did you meet up with Suzuki? <laughs> okay, so, uh, Stellar Steven keeps dropping all this fucking Japanese, man. You're, you're pushing the limits of my Japanese. Kaze Ninare. I have no idea what that means. I know like doitashi uh, maste, and uh, I know how to say a couple dirty words and pick up on girls in Japanese. You know, all the important stuff. Uh, I count to 10. I know a lot of the judo terminology. That's about it. Um, uh, anyway, uh, to your question, Stellar Steven, he was booked on, so he's doing uh, a, a tour of the United States. Like he did one, I think, in 2021 or probably 2021 he did a tour that's when he did like uh aew he did blood sport for barnett for josh um oh stellar steven stellar steven says that that is uh suzuki suzuki's theme peaks at the kaza ninare lyric oh i see okay thank you dude so you even know all the stuff that i have no clue about Anyway, uh, to your question, uh, Stephen, who uh, is joining us on YouTube, so thank you for uh, joining us on, on the YouTube channel. It is, um, he was, he's doing another tour. And I think I talked to him, he said he booked 10 different events. Um, and the first one was with my friend Nick. Uh, Nick has his own wrestling promotion. It's, a, uh, it's called Lucha Libre and Laughs. So in between wrestling matches, there are comedians that come on. So it's very much similar, actually, in fact, to a promotion I worked for in the early 2000s called Incredibly Strange Wrestling, which was like a comedy wrestling gimmick. But instead, in between the matches, they had uh, punk rock bands like No Effects and I don't know, some of these bands you ne probably never heard of. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so my friend Nick... He is, I think he's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm probably getting this wrong. He also runs security at, uh, at the event uh, where it was held, at the venue where it was held. And um, so he, he's really into pro wrestling. He runs a great podcast. If you haven't heard it, it's the um, uh, Pro Wrestling History Nerds podcast. Of course, I, he, they've had me on talking about uh, Carl Gott, or Frank Gotch. And, um, it's a great podcast. He's super knowledgeable. And he actually, you guys might know him for those of you, uh, especially on YouTube that have Googled uh, or YouTube searched YouTube for shoe pro wrestling too. He's the commentary, like the guy who's really good on commentary. Both guys were great, but, but Nick is just outstanding. He's just a wealth of knowledge and great guy. So anyway, he was the one He was like, dude, I don't know what to do with this guy. You want to, uh, <laughs> you want to take him out the days around? I'm like, of course, dude, of course. The funny thing is, is that I originally... Now, here's the thing, guys. After I did the Fujiwara seminar in 2006, I wanted to bring Suzuki out. And I had him booked. In 2008, I had him booked. I had a gym in San Juan Capistrano. He was going to come and give a seminar. And I did the same hoopla I did for 
Fujiwara, Billy Robinson, all these guys, and not a single one of you guys booked. And I had to cancel because there was not a single person that signed up. <clears throat> that is the challenge of being that far ahead of the curve. So being 14 years ahead of the curve, yeah, great. It is cool to be number one, but sometimes it's very lonely because nobody else even knows what the fuck you're talking about because you're so far ahead and people, I mean, they're just clueless. And then by the time they come around to it, the guys have passed on or are dead or like, or retired and not interested. And I, I try to do the best I can. But anyway, I was very, very excited. So Friday took him to lunch, hung out with him. We just kind of talked and, uh, you know, shared stories through mutual, about mutual friends, you know, like, um, uh, Josh Barnett and Fred Shamrock, Carl Gotch, these guys. That was really nice. Very, very cool dude. Very cool dude. And then that night he wrestled. So I, you know, took my wife to the show. We had great seats. I think we were like second row. Um, and it was just, you know, of course it was a, a a chop fest. My buddy booked a, a guy that you guys probably know from pro wrestling, Royce Isaacs. Uh, he's a local Denver guy who's done quite well for himself. So they booked him to, to get in the ring with Suzuki and just get turned into hamburger meat. It was a great, it was a great show. They sold out. It was fantastic. It was a fantastic show. Uh, so that was my Friday. And then uh, Saturday, had the birthday party for uh, a buddy of mine that I know through uh, through the 10X community, through uh, the Grant Cardone 10X community. In fact, he's he's got like a top the top 10 podcast, and he, he had me on it. I we did the interview months ago. I it, he said it's going to air sometime this month, so I'll keep you guys posted. It's called uh, the Think Unbroken podcast. Go, you could find it on Spotify or wherever you, you get your podcasts. Think Unbroken, and uh, it was his birthday, so we went out with him, met a ton of great people, went bowling, um, he, he's a very interesting guy, because I, I don't know, how many of you guys really know about Grant? Throw up a, a GC in the chat, so I know if you guys know anything about Grant Cardone, um, so, you know, I, I partnered with him, I, uh, I'm an affiliate, I'm a licensee with Grant, right, and uh uh, I held a meetup here in Denver just to meet like-minded people. Yeah, of course, you know <laughs> you know who he is, Marco. I'm always talking about him. But you knew beforehand, too. I know that he, uh, Grant, was a, a a big, important part of your life in terms of helping. Uh, and he was for me, too. So anyway, uh, Michael and I meet at this meetup I hosted. And Michael, if do you guys, have you guys ever seen GrowthCon? By the way, if you haven't seen GrowthCon, come with me. I'm going to make two predictions because Grant never tells, like last year he didn't say who was coming to GrowthCon. Um, and he had uh, Dave Chappelle and Donald Trump booked. Chappelle couldn't make it. Had uh, We went to a, a birthday party with T.I. Like, it was like just a couple hundred people. It was amazing, dude. And uh, Flo Rida and uh, who's the... Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Uh, Marco, Scientific Wrestling Canada says, yes, sir, he changed my... Life about personal accountability. 100%, dude. Like, he's just an amazing dude. So, anyway, um, at GrowthCon, they do this thing. It's like a pitch fest. It's kind of like a shark tank, right? And so, they uh, they pick, like, 10 people out of the... Grant's, GrowthCon's insane. He filled Marlins Stadium with, like, 30,000 people on a Super Bowl Sunday. 
in direct competition with Super Bowl a couple years ago. He filled Marlins Stadium. The guy's like supernaturally great. Okay, like like magical. Anyway, so this growth con, which is the one like at Marlins Stadium last year was in Miami. Uh, this year it's going to be in Vegas and Michael Unbroken, Michael Anthony, Michael Unbroken, who does the Think Unbroken podcast, he, um, won the pitch off, won the pitch fest thing, which is like this total feather in your cap. Cause one of the few people that Grant out actually wrote a check to instead of collecting a check, he gave him 10 grand to fund his business and start, um, Think Unbroken podcast. It was his birthday. So Hung out with him. Fantastic, fantastic time. Uh, if you guys are interested in going on to GrowthCon, hit me up. I got the tickets. Um, here's my prediction. I'm not guaranteeing this. Here's my guess because it's in Vegas this year at the MGM. My guess, my guess, because he never released the guest list. Like last year, we didn't even know who was coming. And, and you know, I paid $10,000 a ticket <laughs> for me and my wife. Like we went diamond. Right, yeah, which is like the, the highest, uh, the best seats in the house, and uh, and you get all this VIP treatment. It's like sick. It's so amazing. Anyway, my predictions for this year, and I may be right or I may not. I don't have any insider information. My predictions this year, because it's in UFC. I mean, in I just leaked it out. I have no idea, but my opinion, because it's in Vegas, he's been doing work with the 10x Health Systems with Dana White. I have a feeling Dana White is going to be at GrowthCon this year. Very, very excited. Hit me up. Let's get some tickets going. Let's get you, again, talking about who you know. You got to get in these rooms and meet these guys. I am going to be angling like a motherfucker to get in the room with Dana and show him shoe pro wrestling and get him on the same page to, to understand what I am trying to teach people about the impact of catch as catch can and the importance. It's the greatest martial art combat sport on the planet. Okay. My second guess is it's going to be the other person is going to be Kanye West. I, I don't know. That's my guess. That's my prediction. We could do a pool to see who's right. Um, what's up, Brett Nags popping in Barbara, Barbara gear, gear, sinister Rick, Kalen. What's up? Grappler, Nick Adams, Kendo Jedi. All you guys piping in here, man. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, Stellar Steven has a question here. He says, uh, does Grant invest in real estate mostly? I've listened to him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, He. that's where he's made his $5 billion and growing. Next, I mean, I'm saying that now. By the time I'm done saying it, it could be $6 billion. Who knows what this guy. He's wildly aggressive and successful. Um, but, yeah, it's, he has an insane... Uh, real estate portfolio made of uh, multi-unit uh, family uh, investments, renting to people all over. I think he's got, obviously he's got a ton in Florida, a bunch in Houston. I'm not sure where all, where his entire portfolio is. Um, he I, He's spending a lot of time in Scottsdale, uh, Arizona, because of his partner in Cardone Ventures, Brandon Dawson, who is a huge uh, inspiration for me. He's actually the guy that brought me in me studying him and wanting to learn from me is what originally brought me into the Cardone ecosystem. Now I want to get back to the message that I was talking about. Um, 
it, with regards to this, I think this is a great example of who you know. Why it's important. Now, you need to know what you know well. So when you meet the person that has the connections or whatever, that you're ready to hit the ground running. Oh, other good news. Found out today, uh, a friend of mine who like has held the, the record for being the greatest sales guy uh, in like monthly sales for Grant Cardone. He does, he's done like over a million dollars in one month of sales. Beast. Um, sent me a great text message this morning, found out that uh, I've only been a, a, a partner of Grant's as a licensee for less than a year, but I'm already the top in the top three for sales. And I'm probably going to drop another uh, 10 accounts this week on them. So I'm, I'm going to hit that number one, man. I'm coming for it. So super duper excited about that, uh, to be top three in a group of just freaking killers killers. So, um, yeah, if you want to get involved, man, anybody who affiliates becomes an affiliate at scientific You get six months of 10 X certified coaching for me. There's not very many people on the planet certified and I'm one of the top three coaches. So let's go. Let's make this happen. <laughs> but let's get back to who, you know, and why it's important. So um, again, I don't know how much you guys know about Grant. I always talk about catch wrestling, you know, Carl Gotch, Billy Robinson, Josh Barnett, Frank Shamrock, Sakuraba, Gene LaBelle, like, you know, these big names in catch, right? And it's super, they're super important to me personally, but equally important as catch wrestling is to me is small business. I, it's been my, both of the, these projects have been like the main source of the main focus of my entire adult life and a good portion of my childhood too, <laughs> in particular with the martial arts and wrestling. Um, now, you know, Grant, I, he really got on my radar. He's hard to miss cause he's kind of everywhere, right? He promotes this idea of omnipresence, which is basically the idea of ubiquity, like ubiquitousness, <laughs> like being everywhere. Uh, in terms of marketing, which is very smart. And so I had seen him, you know, I'm like, who's this crazy dude? This old white dude acting like a rapper with these bling and the helicopters and the, and the jets and the, and the rolls and all that. And it was like, cool. It was just kind of the periphery was not important to me. And, um, and then during, uh, lockdown, I got hammered, dude. My businesses all got hammered, which is, I, Sadly, not an uncommon um, uh, occurrence. Like I was, I was going over some statistics this weekend. I'll tell them to you. Um, according to the economic tracker at, at Harvard University, there were thirty-seven and a half percent fewer small businesses after lockdown. When you compare compare two months prior to lockdown to today, there are thirty-seven and a half percent fewer small businesses. That's like very close to half of the number. That's insane. It's more than a third, more than a third of small businesses got annihilated, closed because of the dumb bureaucrats in fucking DC and their lockdowns. Okay. It hammered me. I didn't die. This would be now my third global financial crisis that I've weathered as an entrepreneur. Uh, but it was definitely batting down the hatches. And so, you know, I'm really trying to hustle up. 
I lean into that, you know, when the real hard times come is when you got to double down and even work harder. And um, I watched this thing called, it's a TV show, and you can get it now on, on the Discovery Plus app, like on Roku. I think if you search for it on Xfinity, I don't know. You, but the show is called Undercover Billionaire. Did anybody, anybody see that? Undercover Billionaire? Send me a, give me a hands up or a yes or whatever. Uh, or a UB in the chat if you saw Undercover Billionaire. Now, I I was a fan of the show. I watched season one with Glenn Stearns. Uh, great guy. Really fascinating show. And the premise of the show that Glenn wanted to prove was that the American dream is not dead. That you could still go from, you know, what, what no one to number one. Right? That's the whole premise of what I'm doing as well. Very kindred in our, in our, uh, missions. And so I really loved this show and you could see, and the, does anybody, did anybody see this show? Undercover Billionaire is fantastic. It's fantastic. Discovery is like one of the biggest entertainment companies out there. I don't know if you realize that they're freaking huge. They just bought all of DC, the DC, uh, universe and stuff like Superman, Batman, all that. Um, anyway, Undercover Billionaire comes out, and it's basically Glenn Stearns, who has made all this money uh, basically in banking through lending and stuff. Now, he's, he was an entrepreneur. He started out poor, uh, got some girl knocked up when he was 14, was poor, okay? Came up blue-collar, had no support from the parents, no silver spoon in the mouth, and is like a billionaire, Okay. And the premise of the show is, can they strip this guy of his identity, of his contacts, and all his money, set him somewhere where he, like, he doesn't even know where it is. They're going to set him somewhere blind, farm with cameras, and all he has is a truck, a hundred bucks, and a cell phone. And for three months, 90 days, he has 90 days starting with nothing, and, and an assumed identity. He can't say, I'm Glenn Stearns, and... I'm good for it. I'll pay in 91 days. None of that. You can watch this whole thing. They follow him. And uh, the, pr- the premise is, is he's got 90 days to build a million dollar company, meaning it, it's valued by an independent uh, auditor at a million dollars. It's a very challenging, cool concept. And season one, he, he applies himself. You see him struggle. And he ends up getting to like a valuation of 700, three quarters of a million dollars, which is still insane in three months. And he does it by starting a, uh, it's like a brew pub type of barbecue, booze, you know, that kind of thing. Fantastic story. I'm like, I love this show. Season two comes out and they change it a little bit. Same premise, wealthy person, 90 days, got to build a million dollar company, prove the American dream is not dead. But this season, they add three people, right? And I cannot remember the names of the other two. They were women. Monique, and she is the ex-wife of Timbaland, the uh, music producer, and, um, and a, like a good businesswoman on her own. She gets sent to like Seattle or something like that, up in the Pacific Northwest. And then uh, this other woman, this blonde woman, who's a real estate developer, she gets sent to Fresno. And then the third one is Grant Cardone. And he actually gets sent here to Colorado, where I'm at, but in Pueblo. Pueblo is really like, I don't mean to diss Pueblo, 
because it's cool, but it's definitely not where people want to be in Colorado. When you come to Colorado, you're not going to Pueblo. That's like probably the last on the list. It tends to be kind of decimated. One of the words, I'm not saying this, I'm just saying what other people say. A lot of people use the word armpit when they des- <laughs> armpit of Colorado when they describe Pueblo. That's not to say there aren't nice areas and there aren't great people. I'm just saying this is a rough area. And Grant gets lo- dropped down in Pueblo with no money, no contacts, uh, in a beat-up old truck. And <laughs> here's the kicker. During lockdowns. During lockdowns. You've got to watch this show. It's unbelievable. And he gets COVID. So he's out for like half of the time. He only actually has 45 days compared to the other two on the show. They get the full 90 because they don't get ill. Right? And they're still under lockdown too. Now, at the end of the show, I'm going to give you a spoiler. So I'm sorry. You know, you can tune out now. Right? So spoiler alert. But at the end of the show, the two women... They do. They hit the million dollar valuation, like barely, like barely, okay, barely. But they did it. They created a million dollar company, rallied the troops. It's very inspiring to watch the the leadership, the hard work, all the entrepreneurship that goes into what they did. But Grant, being Grant, in half the time, gets his company valued at $5.5 million during lockdowns. And the key to what he, do, he does, and you can watch this live, and he, he has beef with Discovery. He doesn't even like them. This was not like pro wrestling where it's worked. Like he actually, after, after the show, he's like, dude, those guys suck. And he went and started his own TV production company. So now he's got like, I think it's like 10X Media or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but they're producing their own reality shows, which I'm really excited for. Um, anyway, dude, he... In half the time, he 5X'd it. So in the full time, he could have 10X'd it. More than 10 x Because he more than 5 x Five and a half mil. Uh, the, the target. Just a beast. And what he does is when you watch the show, you can see it's about who you know. Right? It's the application of what you know. Grant is a master sales and marketing. Combined with who you know. Meeting the right people that have the resources and the connections and whatnot to make use of that knowledge. Does that make sense? Anybody give me a 10 X in the, in the chat. If you guys are, are vibing on this, I see, I've got like 10 people on, on the, the YouTube and Facebook and I've got five or six on Instagram. I don't know. Maybe you guys aren't vibing with this, but you guys are certainly listening. Um, undercover billionaire. Check it out. It is just sick as hell. Um, I saw that and I was like, dude, I need to learn what the hell is going on. But you know, honestly, even after <clears throat> undercover billionaire, I wasn't hundred percent sold. I was like, this is sick. I That's what I started reading and listening to Grant. But my wife and I have a software company. And at that time, we were actually thinking of selling it. There was a lot of investment bankers coming around sniffing. And they're doing something in the industry known as roll-up, right? Ooh, right. What's up, Anthony? Anthony giving us a 10X. Happy to see you, bro. Happy to see you. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, there we go. Stellar Steven saying, uh, I'm on my way to wrestling practice. Good, dude. Good, man. No better self-development uh, program than wrestling uh, and, and small business. That's what I'm doing with the scientific wrestler program, dude. Teaching you how to be a bang-ass fucking scientific wrestler and a killer 10X business person. That's really the, the where it all comes together for me, personally. That's why I'm so amped on it and like loving it. We closed 
uh, a new Orlando affiliate last week. Super stoked. I'm working on getting our uh, our third San Diego affiliate. We're just dominating in, in uh, Southern California. So uh, love to have you guys get involved. Go to scientificwrestler.com. Read the offer. Make sure it makes sense that you're the right person. Hit me up. We'll make it happen, dude. We'll put some money in your pocket and you'll be doing it, doing something you love and something that's positive, something that improves lives a hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, super stoked to see you. So let's see here. Stellar says, glad I could hear about Suzuki and Grant. Dude, I guarantee you ain't going to find any other <laughs> podcast talking about Minoru Suzuki and Grant Cardone on the same show. <laughs> Uh, but let's look, let's, so let's look at the combination of what you know and who you know, okay, with regards to scientific wrestling, okay? Dude, I started wrestling in 1978, like, dude, or 77. I have to ask, I can't remember, and I'm not sure my mom will remember because she's like, she's like 80, my dad's 81. <laughs> I think it was 78, could be 77. I was born in 73, dude. That means I've been involved with wrestling and martial arts for 45 fucking years. I don't care who you are. You've been involved with something for 45 years. You're going to know something, even if you're not paying attention. And then on top of that, like my mutant power is learning. Like I took the Clifton, Billy, Billy, the only compliment that he's ever given me was that I am a great learner. And because of me, without a doubt, this is actually a lot of pressure, but it's a great compliment. Catch wrestling is going to come back. Billy fucking Robinson, dude. He said that about no one else. Said that about yours truly. Okay. But that's because I'm a learner. That is my superpower. I have a master's degree in finance. Um, I've been a professional uh, comedy hypnotist. I've been a uh, professional wrestler. I've been um, a statistician. Because I learn like a motherfucker. I'm really a power learner. I took the Clifton Strengths Assessment, which is put out by the Gallup organization. You know, the guys that do all the Gallup polls and stuff. They have an assessment like DISC or Myers-Briggs or whatever. And that you can you have all these things. My number one strength, like above everything, uh, is being a, a learner. Number two is being an achiever. <laughs> I have the assessment here somewhere. Someday I'll share it with you guys. Um, but anyway... To the point that I'm making about what you know and who you know, I could know all the shit. And I guarantee you, a lot of you guys know a lot of stuff. Because a lot of you guys are learners. A lot of you guys are obsessed with certain subjects and you know a lot. But if you aren't with the right people, the right who, to match your what, you know, Nobody's ever going to know that you know these things and you're not going to help people. So you take all this time I've spent trying to learn and, and be the best I can. One of the things I did because I wanted to learn and I wanted to be the best I could. I went to the number one guys. The number one guys. I went straight to the top. So I wanted to learn about money. I went and I worked at a bookstore that sold economic textbooks and I sat in the stacks as a shipping manager for a bookstore right before Amazon came out and destroyed direct mail books. This bookstore specialized in libertarian and economic textbooks. So I'm reading Milton Friedman, Gary Becker, James Buchanan, 
Robert Nozick, like heady academic level uh, philosophy and economics. That I meet, again, who you know, a guy comes in for a book signing at this place. He ends up being the dean of Golden Gate University's economics department. And he, he and I hit it off and he's like, oh, where did you go to grad school? Because I'm rattling all this facts off. And he's like, and I'm like, I didn't. I actually have an English degree. And he's like, what, dude? Holy shit. You need to enroll in grad school for this. And I was like, all right, <laughs> sounds good. And, and because he was the dean, boom, was easy for me. So it was the marriage of me knowing what I was talking about very well, so much so that the dean of an economics department was impressed, right? And when I met that guy, boom, I get right in. Now I'm in the econ department and I'm going to be real with you. It wasn't challenging enough. The economics, the, it was applied economics is what I was getting my master's science in, but it wasn't challenging enough. And so I actually went to him. I said, dude, this is great. Okay. But I need to be, I need to grow. I don't just need a signature or a, or a certificate saying I know something because I already know it. And I can get, if I can convince you and you're a fucking dean of a, <laughs> a economics department, I don't actually need the, the certificate to prove this to anybody. I need to grow. And I was like, what's the hardest thing you got? I said, financial engineering. You guys, YouTube or Google financial engineering is very, very, very difficult. I would argue to say it's the most analytical and difficult uh, subject in, in finance. Okay. It's financial mathematics, obscure financial instruments, synthetic securities like derivatives and risk management and statistics. Like it's very heavy and a lot of computer programming way outside of my comfort zone. Graduated 2002 with my master's, okay? I went all the way to the top. When I wanted to learn how to wrestle, I did the best I could. So, so <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't do this. I just went to like the strip mall McDojo for karate, got my black belt at 15. Um, when I was in peewee wrestling, just small town, you know, Aurora, Colorado, little... Uh, Pee Wee Wrestling Squad. Like, you know, it's cool, but no, I don't, I'm pretty sure none of those guys were like legends. But when I got older and I got serious about it, I was like, okay, how can I do this? I shot my mouth off to one of my roommates who was a green belt in judo. Thought I was a tough guy because I was a good puncher, but I never really fought under grappling rules. Like we had a boxing contest. We had a half pipe in the backyard in college. We had a boxing contest. Uh, it was actually my birthday party and they threw this boxing thing because they knew that I was good at boxing. And dude, I killed everybody. I killed everybody. I just knocked them out, right? Or knocked them down hard. And so, but one of my roommates was like afterwards, he's like, yeah, well, let's let's just go like actually fight in the backyard. And I was like, oh dude, I'm gonna kill this guy. And it didn't go down that way. He was a green belt in judo. And the second he put his hands on me, I was all over the fucking place being thrown. The next day I was down at the Boulder Y learning from the from a, C, a USA uh, senior national champ named Bern Bush at the Boulder YMCA judo okay that was the best guy I could find at that time and that same roommate and I I saw the UFC was coming to town it was 1994 UFC 2 <laughs> at the very beginning of things and he and I went to that 
I was like, oh, fuck. At that point, I still didn't know. I had never seen Pancras. I had never seen, because there was no internet back then. I had only seen this and it was mind-blowing. So I went and I studied jiu-jitsu. I picked up and left college. This is before, I was, dude, I had a bachelor's, I, in 1995, 90, I graduated University of Colorado with an English degree. Totally useless in terms of making money. But I didn't care. I picked up, moved to San Francisco, one of the most expensive towns in the United States, if not the most expensive town that year. Because that's where Carly Gracie, who, when I did my research, that guy was the top guy to learn from. Like the top guy, Carly, in San Francisco. And I went there. Dude, I was making no money. And in 2000, in 1995, I was paying $200 a month for jujitsu to be with the best, to learn. Okay. And I was there for about two years. And then Kurt Osiander opened his place. Uh, or I, I'm sorry, uh, Half Gracie and Kurt Osiander was really the guy who was teaching there. I never even met Half. In uh, the Mission District, went down there for about six months. And at this point, it just, I was like, this isn't the right fit. It's not quite what I want. I thought it was. And I went to the best. And I was like, not quite. At that time, you know, so I'm now a Ronin going just training wherever I could train. And uh, I'm dating this girl who's a stripper. Never getting a serious relationship with a woman doing that job. They're too distracted. That's my experience. Um, anyway, she was very, like, this is when the Attitude Era had just started. We're talking 90, this has to be 98 or 99. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm still grappling. I'm still digging. It's fun. But I, I'm looking for something else. Because I want to be a big name. I want to be number one, right? And I'm getting older, right? So Anthony, not the stripper, dude. I was engaged to to two of them, dude. I, I, I could tell you what not to do with that, dude. I'm a guy that touches that hot stove. So just so you guys don't have to. Um, <laughs> that was rough, dude. Dumb, dumb. But you know, I'm in my late 20s, making mistakes. That's how you learn. And uh, um, there's this one that I'm seeing is uh, is um, just totally obsessed with SmackDown. And I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I never liked pro wrestling, except because I'm a comedy nerd. I loved Andy Kaufman. I uh, was originally a film major when I went to see you and then switched to English. My Breakfast with Blasey, I'm from Hollywood. These were films that were, at the time, nobody watched. I was like the only guy way before Jim Carrey got into the movie with him and uh, d- doing it. I just loved it. It was you know, my only thing I liked about pro wrestling. The rest of it, I was just like, Hulk Hogan, that shit's fake. It's stupid. I had never really been turned on to the Japanese style. Well, so anyway, I this girl, I'm like trying to impress her. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go sign up with a with an indie pro wrestling crew. And dude, my shit blew up. I'm going to be real. Like it blew up. I, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm getting in rooms with like Ultimo Dragon training with him for like 10 days. I get invited to go wrestle on the warp tour and get paid and tour the United States, 150 bucks a day to tour. And, uh, I'm wrestling Vampiro. Uh, now I'm meeting guys like, uh, Gene LaBelle because of the qualifier alley club, which is a pro wrestling fraternity. And they're introducing me because they know now that like, I'm really into the shooting stuff and I'm not into the work stuff, but I'm not into jujitsu. So they're introducing me around. I mean, red, red Bastine, Billy Wicks, like uh, Dick Cardinal, 
all these guys, uh, 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 Kurt Lauer, um, is that his first name? Kurt Lauer. I want to say it's Kurt. Maybe it's Kevin. But anyway, um, introduced me all around. And man, it was uh, Dean Silverstone. Like these guys who knew all these old shooters started hooking me up. I, I start rubbing shoulders with like, I got to meet. And I know he's taboo and he's probably a psychopath and, and a loser, but he was a great wrestler. Chris Benoit and um, dude, just all these old timers, right? That just really know uh, like Nick Bockwinkle. Like it's a, just amazing time. And this is because of what I knew all my years with martial arts, grappling and all this combined with now meeting with who I knew shit started taking off. This is when I start connecting. Now, again, nobody connected to me, Carl. That was me. I reached out, wrote him a letter because I knew it was important who I, but these guys. So when you try to talk to these people and, and start focusing on who do I know? When I start focusing on these high-level guys, they know high-level shit. I leapfrog again to the front of the line. Does it? I don't even know if any of this is resonating with you guys. You guys are like, I've got more people on this chat than I normally do, but it's also as quiet. Like, uh, there's like fucking crickets here too. So, uh, hit me up in the chat, man. Give me a 10x or give me a number one or give me a, a, a scientific wrestling or something in the chat. Let me know if you're paying attention, but, or if this is a value, if you guys want to talk about something else, I'm happy to, but I'm just trying to impart to you how important it is. The combination both again, like I said at the beginning, you know, somebody says work hard, uh, don't work hard, work smart. Uh, I'm going to come at you be like, no, work hard and work smart. Then you beat both those motherfuckers. Somebody's going to come at you and say, and it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I'm going to say, no. The guy who, I'm going to be both of those guys. The guy who's only what you know and the guy who's only who you know, because I'm going to do both. Does that make sense? I don't even know if it's, I could be just talking to the wind. I got like 25 people on one platform and 10 on another. I don't know what's up, but uh, anyway, guys, hit me up in the chat. I don't even know if this is connected with you guys. Uh, oh, wait a minute. We do have some uh, comments here. Oh, yeah. Marty Jones. Dude, Marty Jones. Do you guys even know who Marty Jones is? If you don't know about Marty Jones, man, like, I don't even know what to do with you. Marty Jones was in Billy Robinson's first ca uh, class of wrestlers. Uh, Marty went, to, went on to win uh, uh, several amateur wrestling awards and then uh, later became, uh, he was known as number one. <laughs> was his, his gimmick in wrestling, it became like world of sport, British wrestling, the top guy for like dominant, right? Um, yeah, happy to see you, Marty. Yeah, I want to see you in 2023 too. Love to get you over here. I've just, I got to figure it out, man. I got to figure it out because again, I'm so far ahead of the curve. Half these people don't even know when I, like 14 years ago, I'm trying to bring over Minoru Suzuki and it was crickets, right? Uh, Anthony Guevara, Kurt Lauer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I found the same issues with normal BJ. Oh, here, let me show this, what Anthony says. Normal BJJ classes schools, you only get a standard curriculum for a high monthly. Yeah, dude. Like, that's what I'm trying to change. I'm really trying to change it by setting a really high, high bar. You've been to my classes. You know what I teach and how quickly I get guys up to speed. There's no need. But I have a different business model, right? Their business model is kind of like the pharmaceutical industry. Like they want to turn you into a monthly revenue stream. 
and just drag this shit out. That's cool. Okay, I'm not dogging it. It can work. I would rather give you all my knowledge as soon as possible and as fast as I can so you have the most retention and you're really using it to win. I'd like you to get making some real impact fast and not just parcel you out information over 10 years to give you a black belt or whatever. Uh, Rob McClenney, I hear that. I can't stand politics. Yes, Marty Jones, no pain, no gain. Thanks, dude. Kendall Jordan, great show. Yeah, sorry, it was like frozen. I didn't see all these comments. Uh, see Marco, he says he's got to run. And let's see, what else? Uh, AIP, tips for beginning wrestlers. Uh, get in shape, bro. Get in shape. And when you think you're in shape, do 10x. Like, do 10 times more work than you think. Uh, go start hanging out with some wrestlers and try to hang with them. That would be my advice first. You need to see if you actually got it in you. A lot of people want to be a wrestler, but then when they actually get into wrestling, it's like, fuck, that is hard. Uh, and, and you get hurt, and it's you. it just takes a certain breed. I'm not saying this to discourage you. I'm saying you definitely should challenge yourself uh, to do it. You should. Everybody does all this fucking hard 75 and shit. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess it's good for them. I, it's good for them, right? Like when everybody started doing Chris, CrossFit, I'm like, <clears throat> you guys are just catching up to like this level of intensity. <clears throat> and, and dude, that's a half hour class. Wrestling is like 90 minutes, two hours. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, 356DLM says, tips for a 34-year-old that never wrestled learning for jiu-jitsu. <sighs> okay, uh, dude, it's not selling if you believe in what you're doing. I would go get my uh, instructionals at BJJ Fanatics and read it. Everybody's like, man, this is the craziest shit and you don't have to be super athletic. Okay, so I'm not saying you're not athletic. I'm just saying like you're 34 and you're late to the party, but you're still hungry. That would be my best advice. And go start with the takedowns. Get good at the takedowns uh, instructional and then start on the... Uh, uh, submissions and then move into the Nelsons, right? Kalen says, actually, I was always told, unlike the American wrestler, the British ones can really fight. Uh, yeah, for pro wrestling. Yeah, pro wrestling, I'd say the opposite's uh, true for amateur wrestling. Not to knock, uh, but th th honestly, the only guy I've ever heard that I know of that had a chance with uh, getting a big medal for uh, Olympics was Billy. Uh, that was Tommy Hayes put him over for that. Kalen, I grew up watching Marty Jones and then Fit Finley. <clears throat> Finley's a badass motherfucker, dude. But, you know, he's working with, with Marty and these other guys that are just legit tough as hell. Uh, Anthony's on... Where are you? Oh, Facebook. Fantastic education for standing to close. Submission and pin. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's taken me a long time to put this together. And a lot... You know, I've paid some... Paid a lot of prices, dude. From monetary to injury to time away and travel and blood, sweat, and tears, man. I'll tell you. A lot of people talking shit. Dude, it's just... But whatever, man. I don't give a fuck. I'm on a mission. Um, 356DLM. I've got lots of them doing okay in jiu-jitsu in general, but I but can't shoot. Okay, so let me just tell you something, dude. Um, in amateur wrestling... Dude, you're probably too old to be any good at shooting. I don't want to discourage you and you can learn, but it's going to take you a lot of practice. And a lot of the practice is beyond the muscle memory is the timing. And this is honestly why I don't even teach shooting because I don't, 
I was taught not to level change when there's submission or punches and kicks involved. You want to approach it more like Greco-Roman. I think this is why we saw the first wrestlers to really come in and dominate came from a Greco-Roman perspective. Guys like Linlin, Couture, uh, those guys came in because they had great upper body wrestling. So they didn't change levels and end up like a goat. Ben Askren ends up on the bad side of highlight reel. Meanwhile, this guy's like one of the greatest to ever walk the, the planet, right? And it's sad because he changed levels. So you, you got to start thinking, oh, you just got to be strategic about some of this. And again, this is why you go to guys. And what I've spent most of my adult life doing is going to these guys like Wade Chalice. Again, number one Guinness record, verified most pins wins in all of wrestling. Record. I mean, insane, right? Most wins over international champions, most most uh, over national champions, that kind of stuff. Uh, all trades. Join. What's up, Nicholas? What's up, Club Omelette? Chronicles of the Aegeans. Oh, Wes Wesley Curry the second. Oh yes. Don Notsferatu, yes, thank you, dude. Thank you. Bring the hate, you fucking moron. Bring the hate. That makes me more money, dude, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Wesley Wesley Curry, what kind of fucking name is that anyway? Oh my god. Blocked. Biatch. Uh let's see, yeah, that guy's blocked. Blocked. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> Dude, listen, you're going to get haters, dude. And you've got to not give a fuck. You've got to not give a fuck. In fact, you see, like, they tickle me. It's fun. It's like fodder for me. I love a fucking hater, dude. Like, all you fucking young dudes, y'all play video games. Total waste of time. That and porn, dude, you're just wasting your fucking time. You got to get your shit together, dude. You got to get a little bit of fucking discipline here. Get off that stuff. Okay? Because it's a waste of your time. I'm not saying don't every once in a while, but dude, like, you know, you guys are wasting a lot of time, but because you're playing video games, I'm going to make a metaphor here. You know, the closer you get to the, the final boss, to winning the game, the more enemies come at you. That is a great metaphor for life. If you don't have any fucking haters, you are not being effective on your mission. That is one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. You have to have the guts to go your own way, do your own thing, let go of this fucking ad hominem bullshit. That guy who just came on fucking trying to ridicule me and stuff, I guarantee you he's a fucking neckbeard living in his mom's basement, probably a fucking loser alcoholic. I guarantee you, dude. Guaranteed every fucking time. All the guys that do work with me, Wade Chalice, Carl Gotch, Billy Robinson, Frank Shamrock, Harry Smith, Josh Barnett, like, dude, Grant Cardone, like, all of these guys, the guys that are crushing it, they don't pull that dumb stuff. That's how you know somebody's a fucking loser. And those haters will bring you more money. I promise you. I promise you this. Just don't get sucked into it, man. Don't be bothered by it. It's a sign that you're going in the right direction. 356DLM says, uh, Roger that. I got Adam Wheeler's, Pat Smith. Do you have any other recommendations? If Greco can do the job, I'll dive into that. So you do have my, because you have to understand. So let me give you a little bit of historical understanding. I, so I always 
a lot of times I come on here with the etymological dictionary. I just ended up buying um, uh, the Oxford English Dictionary. Now the compact version. It's crazy. Has the history, the meaning of every word ever made. That's uh, probably my biggest lesson I learned in getting my undergraduate degree as an English major. I do think that it also helped me become prolific in writing my books. Okay. But the history, the meaning of the words, okay, is very important because they could change over time. But it's also with regards to wrestling, the history of technique and the why, okay? So what you have to understand, and I see this, like there's this different kinds of catch wrestling, right? People want to separate it out like, oh, there's American catch and there's British catch and blah, 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 blah. And that's true to some extent. But there's also people who do both and hybrids, and all that, so so don't get stuck in this left-right, Democrat-Republican, limited fucking thinking. There's a lot of shit on the menu, okay? Don't let anybody just box you into, like, a false dilemma, two choices. That's false. It's not real. Uh, it's a fake choice, right? With Greco, the key is, is to be able, uh, the reason why, so, so, at Wigan, Billy Riley, Billy Riley, Okay. Nobody else, Billy Riley, sent the catch guys that he was training, guys like Billy Robinson, over to learn from guys named Gustav Kaiser and these other really good Greco guys to learn Greco. And they integrated it into Catch and Catch Can. Does that make sense? So it's a submission-aware version of Greco-Roman. That's basically what is on the... Um, catch wrestling takedowns instructional that I did with BJJ fanatics. I, I don't know if that helps, right? So, uh, CJ Mitch 13, I'm new to all this mind catching me up. I have no idea what, what you got to get caught up on. Good news for you is you can go back. Uh, you can go to YouTube. You can go to, uh, Spotify. This is all up on those. You can go and watch it again. I'm not sure what you're, I'm sorry. I just don't know what you, what you missed out on. Uh, we got another comment. Oh, Manny. What's up, Manny Ray Sr.? On my lunch break, listening coach. All-American tried MMA. Chicago leads away. Yeah, okay. Dude, you need to get affiliated, bro. And it's been too long. Since, yeah, I think you came to a couple camps. You need to get back and sharpen in the saw. I'd love to see you, my friend. Uh, thank you for, for piping in. It's very good to see you. I'm glad you're still at it. Kalen uh, says, Sandy Orford, he and is another British... Tough British wrestler, ex-rugby league. Dude, I'm totally sold on rugby, man. So much better than American football. I know I'm going to catch some fucking heat for that. I don't care. It's so much better, dude. No pads. Constant action. It's it's a way cooler sport to watch. Tougher, too. Uh, All right, man. We are running out of time, dude. I've been bullshitting for 54 minutes. I got to go. Got things to do. Great day. Remember, guys, it's not just... What you know, it's who you know, but both are important. Because you don't want to get to the person that's the important person who you know, and then you're a dummy. That's not going to do you any good. You got to come prepared. All right? So, uh, yeah, man, if I can be a help, you guys hit me up. Hit me up in the DMs, uh, email me, all that kind of stuff. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a fantastic night. And I'll uh, hopefully I'll see you guys tomorrow. I will be out of pocket likely Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I will try to get in here uh, tomorrow, answer any questions, just bullshit with you guys. Um, All right. Peace out. Talk to you soon. Thanks.